This is a Bulldog Radio podcast. All right, hello and welcome to the second edition of the Politics Podcast for the Fire Pit hosted by Bulldog Radio. Today I have with me Cora Hall, our editor-in-chief. Cora, hello. What's up? And I also have our sports editor, Brendan Sanders, on with us today. Brendan, hello. Howdy, how we doing? We're doing all right. Dandy. So let's just get right into it, keep this pretty short and sweet. So today, uh, Texas, Governor Greg Abbott decided to uh, go out in front of the crowds and call for uh, updates to their like electrical grid in their system, i.e. putting heaters and proper winterization equipment on uh, their wind turbines and their underground gas lines, which I don't really know why that wasn't a, wasn't a thing in the first place, but at least they're making strides to, to put it in in the future. So what do you think? Why do you think they skipped this? You think they should have? Um, I think people kind of just didn't plan for the, you know, more severe effects of climate change that we are seeing at a kind of an alarming rate. And so this wasn't really prioritized uh, prior to this. And now it needs to be moving forward. And I think they're finally recognizing that, which is great because, you know, watching what happened in Texas and all these people suffering, people dying, people without power and, and water and things like that. It's like really sad. And, and I'm glad that they're actually taking steps to uh, fix it in the future. Absolutely. Uh, my sister actually lives in Texas and her power was off for, I think, five days. And uh, luckily, her husband has like friends from his work that they were able to go stay with who actually had power. But had they not, like they have a six month old like daughter what are they supposed to do like texas was really unprepared for this entire situation yeah it's definitely it's something where they're just not prepared fundamentally well, to what we exactly and like if you look at a, a house in texas like they don't have winterization like or insulation really installed no. because texas doesn't usually get cold yeah think about it. they got what we normally get in a winter storm but they since they're what a thousand miles south thereabouts they're never they've never seen something like this in their lifetime or if they have maybe once they're they're, they maybe get an inch of snow like every seven years exactly so they got what six inches ten yeah and it completely froze over along with ice single digit temps and they're just not prepared for that which no and we talked about last week uh ted cruz and his uh poor performance as a representative of the state of texas yep and um, he uh, made it back from Cancun safely. So good for him. Yeah, for I him. think my favorite part of the SNL skit this weekend about him was how he blamed the trip on his daughters. And um, in the weekend update, uh, Colin Jost <sighs> said, "You know, like if you thinks think that's bad, you know, when he came back, he he blamed that statement on his wife, like as a joke." But <laughs> yeah, I don't. I- I don't even think he should have done that in the first place, even as a like a cover move. Like, no, not at all. Here are your children. Take responsibility like, for your actions. You're the adult here. You're They're the also parent. like 10 and 11 years old. Yeah, they would have been fine. Also, if you can just on a whim take a trip to Mexico because your 10-year-old wants to, like, did you get see, your priorities straight. Did you see the group chat that got outed? 
No. There was a whole, they had gr- a group chat with their friends, and I believe it was his wife who was, like, texting about, like, hey, we're trying to get oh, this flight to go yeah. to Mexico. Her and their iCloud whole, got hacked or yeah, something like no, that. No, someone from the group chat, like, sent screenshots to, like, the New York Times or something and literally outed them, and I was like, power move. I that is that. hilarious. That is it really good. be your own blood sometimes. Oh, yeah. For real. But looks like they're finally uh, starting to understand their mistakes. And actually, uh, Biden is in Houston today uh, meeting with Greg Abbott about the Texas situation. So hopefully we'll get some resolution to that soon. We'll get uh, more like provisions installed for future events like this because this is only the beginning. It is. Now, unless we take an immediate stance on climate change now, and start working for it. You, uh, I believe they've had this happen like once before where their stuff froze up. I believe it happened like 20 years ago. And they tried to do the exact same thing, reform their electrical grid and all that, and then it didn't go anywhere. Well, the problem so is, is Texas be... has a private power grid. Yeah. They are cut off from the rest of the U.S. There's, like, three power grids in the U.S. There's, like, but... one for the East Coast, one for the West Coast, and then Texas. And it is poorly maintained and wasn't properly constructed because they didn't think, like... oh, Texas doesn't need winterization items because it's Texas. And it was a save-money move, so there could be more profit. But... Like, Again, they tried to do this 20 years ago, and they failed. Yeah. So, So, uh, and honestly, even without knowing that, I I feel like the likelihood of them actually keeping their promise is very low. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately. I don't don't think it should be, but it just, the track record says otherwise. Um, anything else to add on the Texas update? Um, no, but one of my friends lives down there now, and... She told my roommate that she was, um, she's from Michigan, and she was going to teach her roommates how to do donuts in the snow, because she can actually drive in, in the in the snow, and they that. can't. Yeah, it's kind of funny. That is amazing. So, uh, another update for you. The stimulus check, uh, not stimulus check, but the stimulus package is going to a vote today in the house. going to get my stimmy. So, that's good. Actually, you might. I might. Oh, that'd be cool. Because... In this stimulus bill, it sounds like adult dependents are actually going to be getting stimulus checks. It sounds like they're going less on tax status this time and more on like age and like wealth status. So like there's still the income requirements, but it sounds like pretty much anybody above the age of 18 will be getting a stimmy. That's what the internet's I'll chalk that up to a W for 2021 so far. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to invest it all in a GameStop. I thought you were on the Dogecoin. Dogecoin? I mean, I am. But yeah, it's that only, weirdly is spiked. Is that still taking off? It's stable at like five cents, and it's been. How much have you made? I've made uh, like four bucks. I put oh, ten bucks spend, in. Don't spend it all in one place. I won't. I won't. Don't worry. I'm waiting for it to go uh, Bitcoin. Just though. buys a whopper. <laughs> and I'm gonna go two hundred seventy, and that's gonna go up to like ten thousand, and I'm gonna become rich and famous. But yeah. actually, on the topic of GameStop, since we did bring it up, they uh, back in the news this week. Yeah, part actually. three. Are we gonna create a part three article? Um, I can't remember exactly who, but it was like some CEO or some high-ranking somebody in their some CFO. company. Oh, was it their CFO? Their CFO tweeted a picture oh. of a McDonald's ice cream cone, oh. and that apparently made people think like, "Oh, there's going to be something happening with the stock." So the did. stock skyrocketed like a hundred percent before opening, and then I think it opened up fifty percent, and then it got locked for market volatility again. Which one are you? Are we talking? We're GameStop? talking about GameStop. No, so this is what happened because naturally I was invested in it. I invested four or two bucks on Monday. 
Okay. So I had like eyes on the chart. It went from about Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday. Wednesday. It went from 45 bucks at like 245 to 140 in like 2 hours. It was insane. Yeah. Like, oh, you actually sold your shares during the lifestyle podcast. Exactly because then yesterday it dropped it began dropping back down and right now I think it's back under 100 but Yeah, but um this is actually apparently the like group of stocks that GameStop was a part of like BlackBerry and Nokia and stuff like mm-hmm. that is doing kind of simulating the same thing but a few days later. It's but, weird. Um, so, sorry, I'm, I caught my stimulus update a little short, but let me get back to that because there's actually more and it's pretty interesting. So, um, from this stimulus update, the, uh, Senate parliamentary committee voted that Senate can't increase the minimum wage that was originally like proposed as part of the stimulus package in the stimulus package. So the $15 minimum wage has to be cut from the Senate bill before it can be voted on. But it is likely to pass in the House, but uh, Senate passage is Senate passage is still a little questionable. Hopefully we'll regain the two Democratic senators that uh, were against it when the $15 minimum wage was included by axing that. So it seems like it'll pass in both the House and the Senate at this point in time. Um, there, Yeah, it's pretty much going up, uh, on party lines full democratic support aside from those two in the senate um no republicans at all are in support because they claim that the price tag is too high and that it sets precedence shocker like they're like oh but last month american spending was up 2.7 percent so they must be doing fine like no it was just january (laughs) yeah i there's just so much um that goes into this whole conversation on minimum wage and the fact that the federal minimum wage is still so low is really just astonishing to me and the thing is the 15 dollar minimum wage isn't even close to keeping up with inflation no. i think the inflation like based minimum wage is something like 23 dollars or something like that an hour which i probably won't even see in my lifetime <laughs> also speaking of inflation rate I've been hearing, starting to hear rumor rumblings about the worries of the U.S. inflation rate. It's starting to go up above what, two point five percent? I've heard. I, I have my qualms with the U.S. Um, like inflation rate and yeah. how all of that is like calculated and how our like worth is based off the stock market instead of gold because it's a whole thing. I have many opinions on the whole. Yeah monetary situation in the u.s but, but i don't think like it's time for that yeah i've just heard that it's like starting to become a worry like uh, well, i think it is i think when you're basing like inflation and everything like that off such a volatile entity like the stock market mm-hmm. that you're just setting yourself up for disaster and well, especially the, you know, when it's money. been quite clearly proven that the stock market is not completely connected to the reality of the business's success yeah absolutely so you know what what are stop amc blackberry all so so what is the truth you know like what it's it's just all these billionaires you know playing around playing games with money and and so why are we basing well and the thing is is those billionaires pretty much just see it as numbers on a computer screen exactly it's just like like to us like GameStop going up like one share of GameStop is actually like a substantial amount of money to college students. But like, look at billionaires who see the stock price and they're like, oh, 
I think so that what? was my favorite part coming out of the stock market situation was all these stories of, you know, college students investing and making all this money or like, you know, people who were trading with their extra time during the pandemic or, you know, even people who lost their jobs and, and ended up making like a lot of money off this. And oh, I, mean, yeah. I think that's great. Like, it's cool. They were really fun to read and, you know, we're proud of the people. Well, my favorite part of that whole situation was um, seeing like hedge fund managers and stockbrokers mm-hmm. online because mm-hmm. they were completely split like right down the middle half of them were really upset and like screaming for governments to like stop day traders like that from being able to do that and then the other half were like yeah happens i mean play the game can lose sometimes yeah. right it was just funny to well, see it's when ironic you-, you can see who's got money in gamestop and who doesn't right well and it's just like the one story i read was talking about how uh this hedge fund shorted gamestop by like 140 percent so it's just like play stupid games get stupid prizes yeah you weren't even going to make that was a way over short on their part absolutely and i mean it it garnered attention and that's their own fault but like you have to think like if they're like oh 140 percent garnered attention maybe we'll try like 110 percent next time so hopefully more people won't because the shorting shorting is not going to stop overnight no i mean it's it's legal and i mean i don't you know, it's fine, I guess. I just don't. I just don't like the stock market as a whole. Another ironic thing is the fact that all these people are suddenly screaming for a government regulation of the stock oh, market. Oh yeah, I very ironic considering, uh, you know, most of the time they've been the ones cheering on no government. Yeah, lobbying no for touchy. relaxed rules so exactly. they can funnel more money around and exactly. all that. Yeah. So, I completely agree. Uh, But I did want to pretty much wrap up on uh, this new commission that Nancy Pelosi and a bunch of other prominent Democrats are um, rallying to put together. It's called a 9-11 style commission or committee that they're putting together to investigate the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol. And... Uh, and I've got my quotes all written down so I can be accurate. Um, so basically what's going on is Chris Coons, who is like the mouthpiece of Joe Biden, I would consider because he's a Democrat from Delaware and they're like pretty tight. So um, Chris Coons basically made it clear that it needs to be a 50-50 split committee with like half Democrats, half Republicans to make sure that the investigations are fair and that we come to a conclusion. But my problem with this is that the 9-11 situation or like tragedy was something that like Americans banded together to fight against. And like the committee, there wasn't really room to be biased because it was something that happened to America by not America. Allegedly. Yeah. Yes, allegedly. Allegedly. But um, when you look at the insurrection on the 6th, that was to America by Americans supporting a political figure. And so you have to think, how are certain lawmakers and other political officials, I'm trying to be very, very generous with my wording here, um, going to be able to remain unbiased when other more established political figures, i.e. the ex-president um, or former president, are uh, still kind of like breathing down their necks. 
I think it's an interesting, you know, thing to kind of analyze this because I think that there are some Republicans who could be on that committee and and be a part of that and help the investigation, but at the same time, it's like they jump ship at the end. You know, they yeah. they are not exempt from the part they had in enabling the president and the things that led up to this direction. So and it's it's kind of hard to take their, you know, condemnation of this super seriously because it's like, okay, well, you, you allowed these things to happen and now you're surprised that it led up to this and it blew over like this yeah. when there it was all over social media that they were planning this. They were very clearly following you know, things said by the former president. And when you support and enable that former president, how can you say that you didn't also enable part of this? Yeah. And be a part of this committee to investigate it. There were warning signs and public plans for this. Like, we can't act like we didn't know this was going to happen. But I think we started to touch on this last week, but I think the Republican Party is starting to split in two. Oh, yeah. It's splitting into Trump Republicans and what I like to call McConnell Republicans, I guess. So, like, McConnell you're pre-Trump is, Republicans. McConnell is his own um, breed of person, I think. He is basically, um, I'm going to try to be nice here, but he kind of just leeches onto whatever yeah. is self-preserving he, at the yeah. moment. He, con- he condemned Trump, but he would not vote to impeach him and now he's turned around saying just yesterday or something that if um trump won the 2024 nomination he would support him so i'm like really what is yeah. I'm like that's ridiculous and first then, of all let's not even like manifest that at all but also you're gonna you you're so wishy-washy flip-flop back and forth on whether or not you support this dude and it's not based on principle it's based no. on whatever is is most self-serving at the time so like i feel like mitch mcconnell's his own breed of politician here or republican because i think there are some republicans who are you know trying to get back to the roots of the republican party and away from the trumpism that is so pervasive in some of the gop right now so i guess we could call it trump republicans and pre-trump republicans but um i just want to say mcconnell was quoted like an hour after the impeachment vote saying like we need to hold him accountable literally he was like well, we, you know, he's definitely guilty, and I think he deserves to be punished. But, you know, what can we do about it? Yeah, oh, and that what was do you mean, what can you do an about hour it? after the you vote. You could have voted to impeach him. The thing is, had McConnell had voted to impeach, you know how many Republicans would have followed him? Probably a few. It probably would have gone through if he would have voted to impeach. It probably would have pushed it to but the But also, two-thirds. I don't understand why... Eh, maybe this is me being politically ignorant, but like, how come we can still have over half people vote to impeach, but we it does no, not enough? No, that absolutely outrages me because you're right. We shouldn't have a two thirds majority. It, it the minority shouldn't have won. Exactly, and it wasn't a bipartisan thing straight down the middle either. You no, know, at this point there was what 57 voting to impeach. I believe, yeah, 57. So, I believe. But my big problem with this is how are we going to like? just say that the minority was the yes. deciding factor that doesn't I sit agree. right it shouldn't it should have been a simple majority there shouldn't have been any two-thirds crap because i can understand a two-thirds measure but the thing is i guess in my mind when the minority is clearly in the wrong well it's, <laughs> i don't know and like it I just get, rubbed you, me the wrong way it, it was I get you can't take, like, bias out of this, but, like, the minority here was clearly 
biased and not acting in the interest of the evidence and of yeah. the people. It was their own opinion and what they wanted. It wasn't, you know, like they didn't want to impeach him because of whatever reasons, but it wasn't more, it wasn't based off of the evidence presented. I don't feel like I agree. And I would just like to say, um, these our are our opinions. Yes. Um, we're not speaking on behalf of the torch, fair state university, bulldog radio, or really anybody besides ourselves. Yeah. We kind of spiraled here, but I think the last thing I want to talk about today was a bit of national news. It's not necessarily politics, but I do want to put a trigger warning um, for sexual abuse, um, suicide, and things of that nature. So just please be warned. Um, a lot of people know about, obviously, the former disgrace uh, medical doctor, Larry Nasser and his role in USA Gymnastics and his sentencing and trial that happened two years ago. But yesterday, John Getter, who was the former USA Gymnastics coach, and he also owned a gym in Lansing uh, called Twist Stars, he was charged yesterday with two dozen counts of both sexual abuse of minors and child trafficking for his ties to Nasser and the abuse he enabled and the abuse even in his gym of athletes. And shortly thereafter, he when he he didn't show up to his arraignment they found his body and he had um, died by suicide yesterday after having those charges um, levied against him and it's it's really kind of taken off across social media because this was a really huge national issue and it's really terrible and it's a tragic thing that happened and you know my heart goes out to all these survivors who stepped forward and brought this abuse to light and now will never see the justice brought against him and you know, the other enablers or abusers that were involved with this that he may have ended up bringing to light will probably not be brought to light anymore. And so that's just a really sad thing. And I wanted to bring this up because I think some people are kind of taking this as, hey, this is a good thing because, you know, he wasn't a good person and this is saving the money of going through the trial, but that is so, so wrong. Um, Absolutely. This is another, yeah, this is another traumatic thing for these survivors to see, and they have already suffered so much abuse and trauma from this organization, from this person, and from other people connected to it, and now this is just one more thing that's being forced upon them to suffer through, and it's really, really sad, honestly. They deserve the justice that they would have gotten had he not taken his own life yeah and it's just like even though they shouldn't feel like that i know that it's been talked about a lot the survivor's guilt of you know that this was their fault but his actions were his own yeah in the end he took his own life and that was a cowardly way out in my opinion oh absolutely he even larry nasser stood and stood his trial and listened to all these women give impact statements but he couldn't do the same and I, I'm very disappointed in the way this ended. And cowardly. Tell my. It's yeah. just cowardly. That's. Tell yeah. my. So my heart goes out to all these survivors, and I hope that, you know, eventually they will get the healing and the justice they deserve. Absolutely. Um, and in an attempt to close on not such a sad note, um, luckily Johnson & Johnson is going in front of the uh, FDA review board today to hopefully get their vaccine approved for emergency approval. Uh, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is a one-shot instead of two-shot, like the Moderna and Pfizer shot, and it can be kept at room temperatures. Um, the only bummer thing is, is its effectiveness rate is only 60%. However, 
Uh, studies have shown that with the vaccine, even if you do contract uh, COVID-19, you are, I can't remember if it's like basically, it's, a basic it's like a 99% chance that you won't die from it. Yeah. So, so that's good news. Yeah. yeah so I figured news. we should end on something a little happier, but, um, one that makes it so basically they're going to be able to pump these out. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. My friend actually works at a, uh, a place in Grand Rapids that's producing the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. So that's mm-hmm. exciting. That part. is very exciting. Yeah. I'm I'm really excited. I'm honestly I'm ready to get the vaccine. I'm ready to start mm-hmm. looking towards the end of this pandemic. Um actually a bummer thing that I saw this week is that a uh I can't remember the exact title, but it's it's like somebody who studies pandemics and they basically said like we're definitely going to be wearing masks until 2022 and we're probably not going to be like fully back to normal even though what is that until like 2024 interesting that's a projection i have not heard yet i mean no. i'm okay with the mask thing yeah um honestly i'd be uncomfortable anywhere in the near future not going in public with a mask or being in large gatherings but the whole completely back to normal 2024 projection is a little disheartening i hope that it is, it is quicker than that so but do i i think it will depend a lot on how the vaccine and rollout goes the rest of the year i agree Let's and also that they, is one projection. I know true. that there's other projections yeah, that are out there. Yeah, absolutely. There are more projection, projections that are saying, like, yeah. mid-2022 will be, like, in right. the clear. But um, in this 2024 prediction, they cited very sluggish vaccine rollouts in the U.S. and, like, other countries. They cited Americans not wow. wanting to wear, ma- wear masks. They cited one the social gatherings they- that won't stop. Back to the vaccines, did they include the Johnson & Johnson, or were they just doing it off of an- I believe they were of- including the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, but they were going based off of, or they had like two different um, predictions according to vaccine. They were going based off of available evidence, and they were going off of projections for the future. So, but they, again, so since... That can, that can change and adapt a prediction. Yeah, like, I always, I'm an optimist, so I don't like hearing how... One, these people, they're projections, so they don't... Exactly. Really, we no have no really idea knows. how true this I'm, is actually. I'll be honest. I'm so tired of hearing what everyone's predicting going to happen anymore because... And that that's everywhere. Yeah. The politicians, the news people, even many of the scientists I've known, seen be wrong with this thing. It's very true. So this is, again, it's always going to be evolving. It's always going to be... To that, to that point, though, Yeah. I think it is interesting that it, when uh, this started per se they were like it's gonna be you know a year year and a half till we actually get a vaccine rolled out and we were like or like things start moving towards going back to normal we were like that's crazy and here we are a year to year and a half later and it's exactly how these but that's also more predictable with a vaccine you know these experts know a vaccine's not going to happen overnight exactly they weren't going to pump it out quicker (laughs) like two weeks away from the one year anniversary of our lockdown here in michigan what a time to be alive yeah. We should do a podcast on that day Absolutely. or that Friday. Absolutely. But, good. yeah, until then. Until then, I believe that concludes the second episode of the Politics Podcast. Uh, thank you, Cora and Brendan, for joining me today. Uh, you can find The Torch uh, at fsutorch.com or on any social medias at fsutorch. You can find me at No Other Reporter. Cora, would you like to plug your socials? Uh, mine are all at Cora Hall with three L's because the two L's was taken. <sighs> Sanders, would you like to plug anything? No, you know, I think. Don't want to plug that Twitter? Nah. nah. All right. They can find, 
if they want to find me, they can find me. Do the work. That's true. Exactly. That's true. If you listen to our other podcasts, however, doing that work would be very short and sweet. Some people understand the joke, others won't. But thank you for listening to the second episode of the Politics Podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Bye.